Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hello, Brittany. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm I've been busy. I think we've both been busy all morning. Typically, I've talked to you about four times by the time we're recording the podcast, and I think I've got you for about one minute in between calls today. It's been a busy day. I said to you when we dialed in here that I'm just really excited about the clients that I have right now, and they seem very excited about their brand. So it's just been a great day so far. I completely agree. I think it feels good to have people that are really excited about what they're looking at and about the exploration process and also following due diligence process and not coming up with their own rules and regulations and timeframes for doing things. So that always feels good. It does. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really noticing, um, you know, when we engage with somebody, we go through a pretty detailed process of, what is it that you're looking for and give us rankings on things and feedback. And what I think I've realized the deeper we've gotten into this business is sometimes people have no idea what they're looking for. And I would say the majority of them don't. And that's totally okay. I had a conversation with a client yesterday and I think they felt like overwhelmed, like they should, a few weeks in, they should have it all figured out. They should know exactly what they want. And I think the the theme that I'm feeling is just, it's okay to not know. It's okay. That's why we go through the exploration process. You don't know what you don't know, and that is totally fine. And I think questioning what you thought you knew is completely <laughs> normal too. You know, I have two clients that come to mind right now. I've, I've got a couple that are on the white collar of a predominant, white collar side of a predominantly blue collar business. And they came in and they said, we are all about the numbers. We are all about the numbers. We are willing to do whatever dirty jobs, boring businesses. We really want an investment business. So that's what they were presented with. That was their first round. And now we are back. I literally just wrote a brand, a second brand list that said passion. They held <laughs> on to one business that was kind of in that category. And they came back through and they're like, actually, we decided that we're doing everything utilitarian in our day jobs. We do incredibly well there. We want something that we can love. And so they're down to a pet brand and a wellness brand right now, which is not at all where I would have seen them going, you know, five short weeks ago. So sometimes people think that they know exactly what they're going to need and then they start learning about businesses and what they're really doing is learning about themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I joke, we look at the decisions we make and the investments that we make when the parking lot maintenance franchise came out that we're now <laughs> invested in. You were like painting parking lots. Who wants to do that? I was like, me, you know, we're the trash and toilet king and queen. I was raised in commercial cleaning. Like we got this, we're going in on parking lots. And you were like, yeah, I don't know. And now it is a brand that we've put our money where our mouth is on and we really love. So even in our role, you just you just never know. But that's why you go through education. That's why it's so important that you follow a process. I said that to a client just a couple of hours ago. You're going to hear me use the word process about 152 times. And there is a reason for it. It is so important because it really helps you make a well-educated decision. And it helps brands evaluate 
if you're the type of client that they're looking for. Because people that can't follow a process would have a very hard time being a franchisee. It, it just doesn't click. It might not stick. If you are a lone wolf, a rogue operator, franchising probably just isn't right for you. And you and I have said that a lot of times to candidates. I don't think that this is the right investment track for you. There will be somebody that won't tell you that and that will definitely walk with you down this path. And our goal isn't to be best friends, but it is to be able to call you in a year or two and you're not like this person helped me make the worst decision of my life. And they should have said to me many times what they were thinking. So I, I definitely think it's all a learning process and, and, we're still going through it. We still don't know what the next investment for us is. But I do love something, Britt, that marries passion with profitability. There is, there's very few businesses where you can truly have a fantastic profit center and a feel-good business at the same time. And our guest today is able to represent a brand that presents both of those opportunities to our clients. I am so excited to have Teresa Wade, Director of Franchise Development for Hallmark Home Care with us. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. It is my pleasure to join you ladies today. Yes, we can't wait to just have you share more about this brand. Candidly, it's in an industry that I didn't think I'd ever show. And, you know, your boss, Don, he and I have been friends for almost a decade now. And he called me and said, like, Britt, I don't even want to tell you what this one is because I know how you already feel about this segment. But my mind has completely shifted and changed. And I'm really excited to share more about the brand today. But I'd love for our listeners just to get to know you first. So tell us a little bit about your background and, and your path in franchising. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love sharing my story, which is part of my passion in being in the franchise industry because I came from a home of entrepreneurs. My parents were small business owners. In fact, I had my first business venture at five years old selling my chicken's eggs to ladies at my church. Uh, we opened a college savings account with the earnings and off I went to be a lifelong uh, entrepreneur. I've done multiple solopreneur efforts uh, in multiple industries, the music business, nonprofit sector, sustainability, and the golf business. And I found franchising in 2017 when I was considering purchasing a franchise myself. And it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right scenario, but I learned of a role of franchise consultant. So I came to franchising in the beginning as a consultant uh, to learn the ins and outs of franchising, helped candidates match with their perfect business investments. And then I went on to represent several different brands in development and sales capacities, um, which is where I landed to be representing Hallmark Home Care today. Um, also, when I came to be with Hallmark last year, I also became a franchisee last year for a beauty concept. So I have been on both sides of it, solopreneur, franchisee, consultant, uh, sales and development. So I've kind of seen a lot of perspectives of business ownership. And it's one of the reasons I love franchising so much is because it provides a shorter pathway to success and a system for candidates to become business owners and realize the American dream. 
I love that. I don't know that I knew that you had been on so many different sides and you can truly appreciate. That explains why my candidates feel like you understand so much about them <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, yeah, I've been there. I've sat in that seat. I've been in the seat where you purchase it and you're learning and building the plane as you fly. So that's really awesome. I, I don't know that I knew that. So knowing that about you, I think really with Hallmark, it makes it that much more special that this is a brand that you decided was worthy of your time, even in a year where you were launching a different business. So what is Hallmark Home Care and what drew you to represent this brand? Well, that's a great question. And when I was first approached about coming on with Hallmark, I kind of felt the same way as Dawn of, oh, another home care franchise, you know, what's going to be special and different about that? However, for me personally, my mom is 86. She lives on her own. She's very independent uh, and she's doing fantastic. Um, however, she has more and more needs. And I know at any time there could be an event that would happen and change things. Uh, so that what if scenario is always on my mind uh, and how would I find the right help for her? So I can put myself into the situation of the client or the family. And at that time is when the client goes, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because it's usually a critical situation that's very timely and somebody must step in to help immediately. Specifically in my case, I live a very busy life. You know, if something happened with my mom, I would not be able to be with her 24-7. So putting myself in that situation first is how I was able to really be open-minded to how can home care or Hallmark Home Care, make a difference in people's lives. And so the uniqueness of this model is that the setup provides the caregiver with a more attractive scenario so that it's easier to find those caregivers, keep those caregivers. But the benefit to the client is that they have a whole lot more control because the client employs the caregiver directly. So in my situation, I would be employing the caregiver directly and have ultimate control over the care for my mom. So this sets up a scenario for the caregiver to develop a longer term relationship with that family. Because of this model, we can pay the caregivers more. We can give them more hours. And all those things make for a simpler operation for the franchisee. So in essence, Hallmark creates a win-win-win. It's a win for the client because they have more control over the caregiver for their family member. It's a win for the caregiver because they get paid more, they get more hours, and they create deeper, longer relationships with their families. But then the third piece is it's a win for the franchisees because it is a simpler model with low overhead. It can be run with very few employees and it provides so much value of just what you started this, this part of this session with is a way to give back and a way to make communities better with a service um, that is that's contributing to our aging population. You know, our treasures are our, our very, very special people that want to stay in their homes longer. And because they have better quality of life staying in their homes, they live longer. So it's a win, win, win all the way around. That's the piece that Don knew that I would love because we met working <laughs> at, at Jampro where it creates a win-win and the um, 
cleaners are self-employed and all of these things, there's value proposition all the way around. And, you know, I presented the concept to clients last night, husband, wife team, and they're in a position where they have aging parents and, and similar to your story, they really see like at any given moment, I may need the support and what a, a big opportunity there is. So help our listeners understand a little bit more about the industry as a whole. You mentioned some of the differentiators, you know, senior care could certainly be viewed by some as saturated, but what's the market size like and, and anything else you want to share about what sets you apart? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of candidates immediately recognize the demand for senior care. And, you know, there are so many statistics out there. It's, it's kind of mind boggling, but the age of 65 population will double over the next 10 years. I mean, we're looking at all the baby boomers moving into a chapter of their lives that they're going to need care. So that demand is just going to be there. And one of the nice things about this model, just in general with senior care, is we're providing a service that is needed. We're not trying to sell a product that may or may not be hot or somebody may or may not want to spend money on. Um, so we're, we're meeting a need. That's always a great way to start a business when you can provide a solution to somebody's problem. So because there is so much need and it's such a massive market, there are a lot of home care franchises out there. But the problem is there's very little differentiation among the ones that are out there because they operate in a traditional fashion. And when we say traditional model for home care, they are hiring and retaining the caregivers themselves. So they employ them directly and they also bear the burden of that overhead, all of the liability and things that go along with regulations that apply to W-2 type models that are not applicable in the Hallmark home care model. So that model has become very challenging for the business owner, uh, not to mention it just gives less benefits to the caregiver and the families. So Hallmark home care, we have created a better mousetrap, so to speak, and uh, are very excited. And our new owners that are coming on board also recognize those differences from the other traditional home care agencies that they've been looking at. I think the understanding of the need for a different mousetrap, a better mousetrap, really does set this apart. And, you know, I fell into the same bucket as everyone else on this call, apparently, which was a senior care brand. What are the differentiators? How is that going to work? What will that be like? And I truly can see them. And as we listen to you talk about it, I think it's very apparent what they're doing differently. The two things that come up when I present this brand are number one, fear of regulations. What the heck is going on out there? Will my state come in and tell me I have to have 47 different licenses and 20 different types of insurance that I have no clue how to get? And then what about the high turnover rates of caregivers? Because the Wall Street Journal just did a piece on it. It's, it's been all over. How do you address those concerns with potential franchisees? Yeah, those are great questions, and they're probably the top five, in the top five questions that I get asked from candidates. And one of the awesome things about Hallmark Home Care is, even though we are an emerging brand, this leadership team is not new to franchising. And Hallmark Home Care is a sister franchise to the Seniors Choice, 
which is the traditional model, which was built to 700 units and was founded by Steve Everhart, CEO, who's also CEO and founder of Hallmark. So after 10 plus years of the senior's choice in franchising, probably a little more than that, I don't recall the number, the, the year off the top of my head, you know, he decided that this was a, a really big need that could be filled with the different model, with the better mousetrap. So we have all these years of experience coming into Hallmark Home Care. So they dove in headfirst into regulations. Now, because Hallmark is not a direct hire model, but a referral model in 38 states, there is no regulations or applications of uncertain licensing. There, there are some very basic ones that aren't difficult to get. The franchisor is going through state by state by state but we know there are 38 states that are pretty much in the clear. So that's a really good, that's really good news since it's the majority of the states. So um, it does vary on a case by case basis as candidates come into the process and they get more and more um, serious about making the decision. Our leadership team digs into their state and makes sure they're very clear on all those pieces. And they have a plan in order to be able to obtain those licenses if needed in those states. So I get it. It's a big concern. Luckily, Hallmark uh, doesn't fall under the need for those regulations in most cases. So the second part of your question asking about the caregiver issue and um, recruiting them and retaining them. So in the traditional model, we always compare because, again, we are setting ourselves apart from that. In the traditional model, the caregiver is part of this larger organization. So they are an employee. And because of all the moving pieces, the overhead of a traditional organization, the caregiver wage just gets whittled down and down and down and down. When we take away that larger organization and the regulations and the overhead, uh, we're able to give those caregivers three to four dollars more per hour. And the pay rate alone, you know, that changes the the scenario that we are offering to them. So we give them better pay. We also aim to assign our caregivers to clients within 10 miles of their home. So we want shorter commutes for those caregivers. So caregivers don't wanna be driving a long distance like our franchisee in Minneapolis was sharing with me last week because of the extreme weather some of their caregivers will say, I, I cannot take an assignment more than five miles away because of the, the danger of driving in the, the bad conditions. So there's a lot more customization available for those caregivers so that they can get more ideal situations, including longer term assignments. So with the traditional models, they are restricted to 40 hours or less per week, or they have to pay overtime. In this model, because it is a referral model, we can give them more hours, but we get an overtime exemption. So that means that even though they're getting more hours and they're not getting more pay, the caregivers like it. If we can tack on another 10, 15 hours where they're going to the same place, not having to drive it around to multiple clients, that's just a more attractive scenario for them. So there definitely is a situation in the marketplace, but again, the better mousetrap, we're providing a better scenario. And in the beginning, you have to build your registry. 
But once you get your core group of caregivers, they become very, very loyal. In fact, our New York franchisee hasn't had to recruit a caregiver in over a year because they're very loyal and they have very tight networks with other caregivers. They tell their friends, Hallmark Home Care treated me well. And so then they get more caregivers. So I love telling that part because we are we are providing a better way of life, not only for those families and those clients, but better employment situations for the caregivers. I think that's a big piece of it. You know, they're they're taking care of, of your parents, your brother, your sister. They also need to be taken care of. And mm-hmm. they are in a much better position in pay and schedule and proximity to their home. So there really is, like you said, that win-win-win for all sides. So one of the things that I like that you just talked about is that the New York franchisee hasn't had to recruit a new caregiver in over a year. With any business, when you get started, you're trying to get your core group in there. So help us understand a little bit more about turnover and, you know, at some point somebody's not going to show up. Um, that's just the reality of it. So what does a franchisee do if a caregiver doesn't show up? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, that is reality, real life. (laughs) Things happen. Uh, But before I address that, I wanted to go back to, you know, when the franchisee is getting started, again, a very, very unique value proposition with Hallmark is that their leadership team, COO, CEO, president, they have all owned a traditional home care agency. So they understand it from the inside out. Our president actually also owns a recruiting agency. So he knows everything about how you find people, how you keep people, how you work that whole process. And so Hallmark has actually committed and recently hired someone in the corporate office to do a lot of initial legwork for every franchisee when they first get started to do outreach, to do outreach and help build their local caregiver database. So that is a piece that's a jumpstart. Again, Hallmark is really investing and and committed to providing a business model that can get the care out there, but that's also friendly for the business owner. Even though that traditional model provides care uh, and really good care in some situations, it's tough on that business owner. So this new model uh, is a lot easier for the franchisee to digest. And there will be days when tough things come up, like when the caregiver doesn't show up. Uh, but franchisees will have to find that replacement. The client or the family will call and say they didn't show up or there's, you know, there's a change. We need to talk about this. So um, franchisees should have backup caregivers in their registry or on-call caregivers that they may pay a little bit more to if they can step in an emergency situation. Or when you get a case that you may not have the right fit immediately, you are transparent. You say, well, this is a temporary person until we find the right person to maybe get you through a week, but we don't want to turn them away. So it's a matter of building your stable so that you have those backup on-call caregivers available to step in. And, you know, there may be a situation where the franchisee may have to go to the home and sit with somebody. You know, that is part of wearing all the hats as a business owner. But, you know, preparation, uh, meeting that opportunity, hopefully you can adjust and be able to uh, find solutions when those tough days come up. I love the transparency, the honesty, because I think candidates (laughs) need to hear that. You need to hear like, guess what? I know that you want everything to be on track and running smoothly 100% of the time. 
That is not life. Your Fortune 100 company doesn't run that way. So I definitely think being honest with them and letting them know that you may need to step in. There there may be a time where something is going wrong, but on the worst day, does it look worse than the job you have right now? The, the answer is probably no, and it's typically nothing that they could not handle. So when I'm talking to candidates that are working with you right now, they're like, there's a lot of people on validation. There seems to be a lot of interest in this brand. There's definitely this kind of momentum building inside of Hallmark Home Care. What do you think is drawing these people in? <laughs> That's a great question. And there is not one single answer. Uh, the timing is great. I think we all know that it after what our country and the world has been through in the last few years, a lot of people are finally getting back on track with trying to make their dreams come true with business ownership, um, certainly being aware of what's happening in the marketplace and in the population, as I've already talked about, with the increasing demand um, and recognizing that there has been the need for the better mousetrap and this new way of doing home care, which we kind of call the e-harmony of home care with matchmaking, so to speak recruiting and matchmaking um, is that we are able to fill in the holes and the gaps that the traditional model has not been able to uh, and, and do a, a service, right. That's, that's providing a really great service for our communities and our aging population. You know, those are the things I would say immediately come to mind, but then once people start talking with individuals, you know, like you gals and finding out the, business proposition associated with Hallmark, then they will find out it's a low investment. It's home-based. It's a simple model. Um, and there's a fast ramp up. I mean, you can get going within weeks of signing your franchise agreement. I mean, we get you started with launch within days of signing your franchise agreement, but you can be generating revenue within weeks. And then because we are an emerging franchise, there's a lot of territories available. You know, there are really hot markets in the U.S. that people have wanted to get into with other franchises and they just couldn't because there was no geography. So I believe there's a lot of wins and a lot of attractive points about Hallmark that make it appealing as a business investment, but also for candidates that are looking to make their mark on the world and make a difference in their communities. I like that you also touched on the business aspects of it too, because like we were talking about at the top of the podcast, you know, we're helping people figure out, is it passion? Is it profit? What is it? And like Sam said, this can be both, which is so, so special. So you were raised in an entrepreneurial family. You've been an entrepreneur since you were five. Throughout your life, you've worn a lot of hats. I have to imagine along the way, you've gotten some great advice. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, I, I always love answering that question. And I think looking back at the, the decades of being an entrepreneur and having a successful career in the music industry and starting a nonprofit and building it to win international recognition and now having my own franchise and being able to mentor and shepherd people through the process to become a business owner, I would say it's three little words. Persistence pays off. And that is in regard to if you're trying to raise money and you just can't get a yes, you keep asking, you keep asking, you keep asking. You know, if you can't find the right location for your business, you keep looking and you keep looking and you keep looking. And 
I tell people often, I started so young, right? I started with the eggs at five, but I also studied classical piano for 12 years. And every day I came home and practiced every day, every day. And, you know, there are days that it's just hard. It's hard. It's hard. And all of a sudden the heavens just open up and it's because you have done all of that preparation. And we recently signed a franchisee for Hallmark actually last week. And this guy was so fantastic to work with. And he went through every step of the process, did his due diligence, did his due diligence. And he didn't get really worked up if he didn't have the answers to his questions at the moment he had the question, because he knew it was going to come in the process that we would address certain aspects of the business. And there was no holding back. He signed at confirmation day. His family came with him and he bought five territories in one of the hottest markets in the U.S. So that persistence pays off, just can be applied in so many different ways. So I definitely have to say that's it for me. It sounds like you have both. Persistence meets preparation. Mm-hmm. I think you you really <laughs> seem to possess that. And I love that. Persistence is a word we use with our kids constantly because I think a lot of the younger generation perhaps doesn't know what that means. And if you don't like something, you hop to the next or there could always be something better, a little bit of fear of missing out. So I think persistence goes a long way. Now, you've done everything from selling eggs to the music business to selling franchises and and helping people really create their own dreams. What is your personal and compelling reason for being in franchising? Well, I would say for me that I love business ownership and I've always done it. And even if there were no such thing as franchising for an easier path, I would probably still do it. But because I've done it the hard way and now I see there is an easier way, I am all about advocating for that uh, for folks that want to realize the American dream. But beyond that, You know, I recognize that franchising can take a very special concept like Hallmark Home Care that can make a difference in the world. And when you go, when you franchise that concept, it can scale and have so much more reach and impact. So just the platform of franchising itself has so much value in what it can do to bring a special concept or a special offer or a need to the millions, right? Um, And then, of course, just kind of putting back in what I've already said, just the shorter path to launching your business and to finding that success, because you have thousands of successful franchise stories to reference. And part of the whole due diligence process is following the directions (laughs) and franchisees that are not successful in most cases is because they didn't follow the system or follow the process. So franchising provides that process, that support team. And um, I would say that that would be the compelling reason is it's just a shorter path to launch and success. I think that's a great way to end this podcast is 
a shorter path to success. And we are so appreciative of your time today. And we know how busy you are. And you guys would never know how much work Teresa had to do to even get on this call (laughs) because (laughs) there were a lot of roadblocks. Speaking of persistence, she was here, she was on time, and she was ready to rock and roll. So we truly appreciate you coming here today to speak with us. Thank you so much. No, it's my, been my pleasure. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, FranPathConsulting.com to take your free business assessment. Mm -hmm.